Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, the fact that we are in the season of Pentecost does not change the Easter proclamation, but rather spreads that gospel abroad. Sin, death, Satan, they're all defeated foes, for Christ has risen and Christ is Lord. St. Augustine wrote, We are an Easter people, and Alleluia is our song. Let us sing here and now in this life, even though we're oppressed by various worries, so that we may sing it one day in the world to come, where we're set free from all anxiety. You know, certainly we are oppressed by all kinds of worries and hardships, struggles and heartbreaks, all those things that come from living in this sinful world. And sometimes we, even as Christians, make the mistake of thinking that those who face opposition or, or those who face hardships are somehow outside of, of God's will or outside of, of his love and grace. But that's not true. That's not true. God does not keep us out of the fight. In fact, he promises that in this world we will have trouble, we will have tribulation. So God doesn't keep us out of the fight, but he is with us in the fight. He's always there with us. And the devil certainly is always looking to fight us. He's always trying to take away those good gifts that God has given to us. Or as Peter puts it, the your adversary, the devil, prowls like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. And Paul directed the Ephesian Christians to their need to be armed for the struggle against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Paul knew that one of the keys, if you hope to be victorious, is knowing the enemy. But there's more to that than just being aware of the devil and what he does and his temptations. One uh, famous quotation goes like this, we have met the enemy and he is us. <clears throat> there's a lot of truth in that as it's applied to what threatens our daily walk of life, whether it be war or terrorism, sickness or violence. The truth is, our own sinful natures are often too willing to go along with the suggestions and temptations that come from the present darkness, the spiritual forces of evil. Instead of resisting and fleeing from the tempter, we, at times, entertain him and his temptations, even look for them. And when we do aim at combating him, it becomes obvious that we will not be able to overcome him just by our own efforts or on our own strength. And so Paul's urging in his opening words is, is so vital for us. He says, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Be strong in the Lord. In his might. The one who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. 
And Paul's encouragement for us today revolves around what's worn by the Roman soldier of his day. They armed themselves for battle knowing that their enemy did as well. They were ready. And so Paul applied his knowledge to the Christian warrior to equip us and get us ready for the everyday battle that we face against the devil and the forces of evil. Paul begins with having fastened on the belt of truth. And then literally that phrase is having your loins girded with truth. You see, people in that day wore these long flowing garments. And so girding their loins was a matter of pulling the skirt up between the legs and tying it firmly with a belt or rope. It prepared a person for more strenuous activity without the long flapping skirt hindering them. The Roman legionnaire, however, wore a short tunic, so he didn't need that kind of preparation. But his leather belt was important, however. It attached to his breastplate to, of armor to keep it firmly in place, and attached to it was the sheath in which he carried his sword. So as a part of the armor of God, Paul called it the belt of truth. And whether that's a matter of girding your loins or firmly fastening this belt... Paul's words are basically saying, let the truth get you ready for action. Let God's truth get you ready for action. See, truth lets you see things how they really are, not as the devil or this world or our sinful nature tends to distort and twist them. And the truth that the Christian always needs to see is this. You are a child of God. Through faith in Jesus. You are baptized into Christ. Again, with what St. Augustine said, we are Easter people, and Alleluia is our song. Christ's victory is our victory, because we are children of God. And so with that truth in mind, you know, let Satan come with his temptations. Let burdens and circumstances combine to produce a severe test. No matter what comes our way, we know the truth, that we are children of God. We are children of God, a God who will never, ever forsake us, and who will always be with us in the fight and leading us to the way of life, leading us to the resurrection. Next, the soldier's breastplate of armor covered his chest and his upper abdomen and protected his vital organs from the thrust of a sword. St. Paul said that righteousness is that kind of breastplate. True righteousness is ours as a free gift of God's grace through Christ and his atonement for our sin. Every Christian enjoys that righteousness as God's free gift. But this word of righteousness may also refer to our Christian walk in the way of Christ. And that's how Paul uses it here in our text. It too, under the grace of God, protects us from evil. Our righteousness of walking in the right way with Jesus, our pursuing what is good and, and true in life, enables us to uh, say no to wrongdoing, to say no to the devil and his temptations, and safeguard our spirits from destruction. Next, sandals were an important uh, part of, of what was worn by the ancient soldier. Some historians even say that Rome's concern for supplying their legionnaires with sturdy sandals was a major reason for their successes in battle. And Paul invites us to wear the sandals of the word, to walk 
in the word so that the continued assurance of the love of God in Christ may enable and equip us to arrive strong at times and in places of our struggles with the forces of evil. Remember how Jesus, uh, in his own time of testing by the devil in the wilderness after his baptism, how did he win the day? He did it through the word of God. Through quoting the word of God against the devil and against his temptations. He was ready because he was fitted with God's word of truth. And that's how we today need to walk in the word. So we have the word in us as a treasure and as a ready resource of, of mighty power. To be equipped when, when, when the forces of evil come against us. To be equipped to be able to speak God's word. To know his word. To know his truth. Next, Paul pointed to the shield of faith, with which you can distinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And this shield is faith in Jesus as our Savior and as our helper. Satan will continue to suggest that God has forgotten us, or that our sin is too great, or that our sin has separated us from God and there's nothing we can do about it. Satan feeds us with all those kinds of lies. But the assurance of the gospel of Jesus Christ wards off Satan's attacks and affirms the safety and health of our hearts and souls. In his first letter, John writes, This is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. And that personal pronoun there is is so important. Our. Our faith. Because the devil, he knows what faith is. And he can even say Jesus is the Savior. But only a Christian can say with God-given assurance and confidence, Jesus is my Savior. And thus enjoy the protection of a shield that the arrows of the evil one cannot pierce. Next we have the helmet of salvation. The metal helmet guarded the head of the ancient soldier is still used by soldiers today, dampening and diverting blows that otherwise would leave the soldier unconscious and his enemy's victim. That, according to Paul, is what the assurance of salvation does for you and me. Knowing that our salvation through Christ, uh, knowing that we have that, it allows us to go through life with the assurance that our Heavenly Father is there for us. Always there for us, even in the fight. We have that promise from Romans 8, verse 39, that nothing, nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. We are safe forever in God's loving hands. That's what the assurance of salvation through faith in Jesus does for us. It's the helmet that we wear every day of our lives as we're clothed in Christ and clothed in his victory. And finally, Paul says that we are to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And it's an interesting sword, because it can pierce, and it can also heal. It can lay bare the inmost secrets of our consciences, so that we have to agree with God that we deserve His wrath and punishment. But also, in the process, it can cut out and heal the cancer of sin and death, so that we can enjoy a health of spirit that can come to us in no other way. An interesting thing about this sword of the spirit is that it can be a defensive weapon as it wards off the devil's thrust 
as Jesus used it in the wilderness. But it also can be an offensive weapon. An offensive weapon taking the battle to the strongholds of Satan, rescuing those under his sway, and renewing them for life with God. The sword of the Spirit is the ultimate weapon. And it it leads to the ultimate, the eternal victory that is ours in Christ. Again, remembering that we are Easter people, and Alleluia is our song. Now, every soldier knows that one of the worst things that can possibly happen in a battle is to lose communication with headquarters. If that happens, then your unit will be isolated on your own, no longer being able to effectively fit into the picture of the operation. And that same thing is very much true for us in our struggle as Christian soldiers. And so Paul ends his instruction in this section, encouraging us to be praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer, and making supplication for all the saints. Basically keeping in touch with headquarters. Keeping the lines of communication between us and our Heavenly Father open and healthy is a key factor to being strong in the Lord and mighty in His power. So wouldn't it be foolish of us then, and even deadly, to neglect the heavenly resources that are available to us through communication with headquarters? We want to have that communication going to be in prayer constantly. So the whole point, really, of the armor of God is this. When when it's all boiled down, it's a question of identity. And so if you just view yourself as as an ordinary person who lives a very ordinary life and just comes to church for a weekly feel-good session, then you really don't need any armor. You can go back out into the world dressed in the fashion of the world. But if you believe that there is some importance to bearing the name of Jesus, if you are going from this house of God determined to do battle with the enemy who seeks to destroy you, who seeks to destroy every person around you, and you have the armor to do it with, then you put on the full armor of God every single day. You live each day in the victory that Christ has won for you, remembering your baptism, remembering that you are connected to Christ in his death and his resurrection, that Christ's victory equals your victory. And with that in mind, we can be strong in the Lord, strong in his armor and his strength. It's his gift that he gives to us to to clothe us in this armor and strength that he has won the battle against the old evil foe once and for all. And he wins that victory and he gives that victory to us every single day. For we are Easter people and Alleluia is our song. Alleluia. Amen.